When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, Houdat Nation? And welcome to the Dome Patrol Podcast. Hey, what's up, Huda Nation, and thanks for joining us on the Dome Patrol podcast, the official Saints podcast of the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Jeff, and I'm back. And on this episode, we're going to talk to Desmond, the executive producer of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network and host of Believe in Panthers podcast. And we're going to preview the Monday night football game, which is going to feature the new look Saints as they travel to Carolina to face off against the new look Panthers. So keep your seatbelts on, keep your hands and legs inside your earbuds at all times and enjoy the show. On the show with me and Desmond, we have James and Jason. Hey, fellas, welcome to the show. How's everybody doing today? All good, thanks. Yeah, doing good. Doing good. Yeah, still feeling the feels, the same feelings as you did after Sunday's games or has like like cooler heads prevailed on both sides, both teams' fan bases? I mean, I'm was... more excited than I was on Monday, <laughs> if I'm honest with you. Um, I think uh, this, and this is why we actually wait till Tuesday to do the Believe in Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from Sunday night to Tuesday morning, we kind of run the gamut of emotions, and I like it where we've had a couple of nights to sleep on it before we start to like react to whatever happened. So oh, we yeah. take those on Tuesday mornings during the season. Um, I'm all right. I, I mean. If you look at the box score between the Falcons and the and the Panthers and didn't watch the game, it gives you a completely different story of what actually happened in the game. So uh, knowing the stuff that happened in there was fixable instead of things that we just can't fix, like personnel or something, I- I'm all right. I-, I-, I expect a pretty competitive game Monday night, matter of fact. Yeah, I mean, that's the, I, I agree. I was looking at the box score from your game, kind of looking to see like what we, we should be looking out for. And it, aside from the score, you essentially beat the Falcons in every – stat mm-hmm. you know more more total yards more passing yards more mm-hmm. rushing yards uh i think they had time more first downs like 10 minutes yeah, yeah. time of that total play you had 72 total plays there 40 i mean yeah. yeah so just maybe just fall didn't bounce your way i guess well honestly it it, is, it almost sounds cliche but it really just came down to turnovers uh the three turnovers that carolina had the two really bad interceptions that bryce threw uh to jesse bates uh, almost on identical plays and then Miles Sanders coughed up a fumble on a long run that kind of stifled momentum late in the game. And that's really, if you take those three away, they scored 17 points off of those three turnovers. Mm-hmm. And two of those turnovers, the interceptions gave them extremely short fields. 
Um, the very first drive of the game, Carolina goes all the way down to like the Atlanta 11 yard line or something like that. And they have a fourth and one. They botched the fourth down, turn it over on downs to Atlanta. So I almost count that as a fourth turnover because uh, that was first quarter, like 0-0 score. It was 10-10 start of the fourth quarter. Like, I mean, literally interception yeah, half, fell apart. four touchdown at 17-10. That last touchdown came kind of in garbage time for the, the Falcons. So it was actually a much closer game than what the, the score suggests. And it was really just turnovers. So they – don't don't give the ball to the other team then uh <laughs> they should have yeah. a shot uh, going forward yeah so yeah at least it wasn't right for y'all i guess for y'all's sake it wasn't uh like a complete failure on execution across the board yeah and it's a couple days to kind of get the stink of everything yeah. else because our fan base is very um emotional <laughs> in terms of the roller coasters that we've gone through the past four or five years in particular and I guess they expect perfection because they were hot <laughs> about what happened on Saturday. On Saturday. How dare they? The well, it, it also stings when you lose to the Falcons, right? It's like, oh, yeah. You know? I, I would. I was just thinking about which one's our biggest rival in the in the South, and it kind of goes year to year. I think it's the Saints. Um, sometimes it's the Falcons, but usually it reverts back to the Saints. I know early two thousands it was Tampa. It's usually whoever's like the best team outside of charlotte that's usually who our rival is and really mm-hmm. you probably set up for the whole division but this year i think it'll probably come down to the saints and the, and the panthers yeah. in this division although I, none of us picked tampa to win yesterday so i mean yeah, it, yeah what the hell it's wide open yeah. <laughs> it's so wide open <laughs> in the south so yeah is it a rivalry with the saint like from y'all's point of view is it where is it like again like you know how the saints falcons rivalry is where there's no love lost it is I mean, they, you know, it'll tear households apart. It's yeah. it's ugly. It's it's mean spirited at many times. It's going to be interesting when we have them on our show now. But yeah, is it? Do y'all have it? Is it like that, or is it more? That's the team to beat this year. So let's rally ourselves to beat that team. No, we haven't felt like that probably. <laughs> a tremendous amount of respect for. Yeah, them. I mean, I mean, it's really more. We haven't really felt like there was a team to beat in the NFC South. Probably, well, Tom Brady and the Bucks is probably the last ones, and even then, that was like two years ago, not like last year. Um, it's been a it's been a hot minute since there was like just one team that everybody was chasing every year. Because for a while there, we kind of played hot potato with it. Like Cam's MVP year, twenty fifteen, we go fifteen and one, get to the Super Bowl. The Falcons do almost the same thing the very next year. Matt Ryan's MVP, they go to the Super Bowl. New Orleans has won one the past 15 years or so. Uh, Tampa just won one a couple of years ago. There's always one at the top, and then everyone's kind of chasing them. I have no yeah. idea who that is this year. That's yeah. the that's the wasn't tr- there a time where it was even almost like a yeah, it was like maybe it was around that time frame where it was this cycle. It's like we all took turns winning the division. Yeah, there was no repeat right. division champion for years. For 12 years, I think yeah. it was. And Carolina so the Saints won it twice in 17 and 18. Well, Carolina did it before that. They, oh, uh, they did, Ron, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, Ron Rivera won it uh, back to back to back, uh, 2013, 14, 15. Yeah. And then, and then Atlanta won it 2016. And then I think the Saints had a streak. Right 18, after that, 19, so. 20. Yeah. yeah. And we, we yeah. haven't had a division title since 2016. Yeah, and I do know that there were some Saints fans that are a little upset that y'all have a statue of sam mills and we don't considering he played so well for here for so long and i think yeah, he was there just, just a couple of years <laughs> Look, I, I think i think there should be a don't patrol statue there is not we just have the gleason statue but um i mean I, yeah 
I'd love to see uh, us sneak in to and steal the statue, the old like, <laughs> college rivalry style, and like go put there it would, up in the dome. There would be nothing greater than a, a statue of a Jerry curled Ricky Jackson in front of the Superdome greeting <laughs> you as you walk in. Like that's I can't Pat Swilling like beside like that's like, yeah, yeah that's the good stuff. That'd so. be intimidating. Yeah, it would. <laughs> Don't forget to eat your vegetables. <laughs> Ricky Jackson. There we have a, we have an old episode when Ricky got inducted into the Hall of Fame where we. Oh. We did our SNL skit style of. Uh, oh. <laughs> I mean, in his in his speech when he did it, like he could couldn't stop talking about growing vegetables and like I, I don't know, just maybe that's wow. what he did when he retired gardening and stuff, and so it was just all different types of his like different types of lettuce and. <laughs> I have to dig that up, Jason. See if we still have it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we have some questions for you, obviously, so that we can get a better understanding. Our listeners get a better understanding of what to expect Monday night. So I'll, I'll lead, lead us off maybe. So after week one, we kind of uh, you talked a little bit about that game against the Falcons. But if you were to assess like now you had the preseason, you had the offseason. But now that you've seen them play this week one, what would you say are the Panthers biggest strength and then the biggest weakness coming in against the Saints? Um, biggest strength would be their defensive front seven. Um Brian oh, Burns shit. is a problem. Uh, he is a serious problem. And he's, now he's playing angry because he hadn't got his extension yet. And that kind of showed the first half uh, versus Atlanta. Normally he plays with joy. You know, he does the Spider-Man thing. You know, if he gets the sack, he's dancing around and stuff. He wasn't doing that Sunday. He was just running through people. Uh, he had one and a half sacks, seven tackles, uh, like three for loss, all in the first half. And then um, uh, Atlanta made the smart decision to not run anything towards him in the entire second half. So they kind of phased him out. Uh, started double teaming him. So, so if you look at his stats, you're like, oh, I had a pretty good game. He did all that damage like in the first like 10 minutes, really the first couple of drives of the game. Like he really showed why, honestly, the longer the Panthers wait to pay that man, the more expensive it's going to get. Like they're they're floating towards Bosa territory now because they're waiting so long. If he keeps playing like this and turns in like a all pro season, they just let him play the whole year. He's going to get 30, 35 mil a year. Like they're, they're not going to be able to avoid it. And they keep saying they want him. So pay that man his money like just give it to him i don't know what the holdup is there uh we've been waiting for Derek brown he's shown flashes past couple of years he had a great game against atlanta too like those two guys together uh were an issue for atlanta uh and their offensive line who many people consider may have the best offensive line in the division and carolina was kind of going through them i think they got three sacks on the day um kept Ritter completely off his game i think he had like 24 25 yards passing at the half like they literally was just disruptive all over the place um that's probably the strength that defensive front line with brian burns and Derek brown the linebacking core because they've switched to a three four now so now you've got um a linebacking starting core of brian burns justin houston frankie luvu shaq thompson that's chef's kiss like that's you're not gonna get much better than that in a three four like that's good so that's yep. the probably the strength um weakness there's a couple, uh, but stand on the defensive side of the ball now, probably the secondary because uh, they were low on depth to begin with there. And we just got the word today about J.C. Horn being out again uh, with a hamstring issue. And honestly, hamstring issues can linger the whole season. Um, mm -hmm. our, our wide receiver, DJ Chark, who we thought was going to be our kind of take the top off the defense guy. He hasn't really played. He's been off and on since August because of a hamstring. And we don't know when he's coming back. So. Um, if they wanted to attack, if, if New Orleans really wanted to attack Carolina, I'd imagine they would do it through the air because they are really uh, lacking back there. C.J. Henderson is just like walking around with a big target 
like literally like tape to his chest. So like, <laughs> and, well, and that's the Saints. <laughs> I would argue that on offense, our strength is our our passing game. Oh, great! Minus the <laughs> which, although here's the well, interesting part: minus the offensive line. Like uh, Trevor Penning last week might might as well not have been on the field. Our so, left tackle was a turnstile. Um, not, it wasn't even a turnstile. He was a doorman. It's like it was his first game ever. Well, that's not good because Brian <laughs> no. is, uh, it's going to be the guy that. Yeah. Yep. Lineup, Brian, that's why I hated place, hearing but... you talk about. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. Like, okay. When you were talking about who, who was. Yeah. And you weren't even mentioning Derek Brown yet. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, there's two. Yeah. I got really scared because it wasn't even just Penning that struggled. I mean, some of the other guys struggled, too. And we just expected the unit to be solid. They were still together. They were healthy. It was rough, so yeah, I'm I'm worried now. But it's it says to me here, like with the secondary being weak, again on the Saints side, then it's going to have to be quick, fast passes, hot routes. That's what that was what Carolina did. Like if mm-hmm. you look at the there's a uh, a pick floating around on Twitter of Bryce Young's like pass selection of that game, and if you look at it, really pretty much all the passes he threw, I think he threw 38 times, all but like two of them were within like 10, 12 yards of the line of scrimmage. He didn't really go downfield at all. Yeah. Um, Rich, and when you look at it that okay. way, it was kind of by design. Like they wanted to do that way yeah. uh, because they, they wanted to keep it almost like an extended run game, control the clock. Right. Uh, they rushed for over 130 some yards and, uh, and they, and they did the job. If they didn't have the, the interceptions and the fumble, it's a completely different game. So like, yeah. We feel better about. I think I do. I feel better about it now that we're a couple of days removed from it. But um, the defensive front is the strength. Mm-hmm. I would say our run game is going to be a strength as well because the offensive line got maligned in preseason. People were picking on Ikiakuanu and things of that nature. It was like three plays they pulled out of three games that <laughs> that he he gave up a sack on, and they were running really vanilla stuff. They weren't really running anything exotic on Sunday, but you could tell they had a concentrated idea of what they wanted to do. They didn't really have a problem getting up and down the field. That was never the issue. It was just they kept it all over. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. it was just really basic, simple football that uh, hopefully they'll be yeah. able to correct. So, well, yeah. for us, I don't know if you guys want it, but. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't know if you'll be able to find it, but there was a, there was a picture of a still that somebody took from the All-22 of the, the Saints offensive line from Sunday where our right tackle, Ryan Ramchek, is the only one blocking his man, and the other four are all facing Derek Carr with with Tennessee Titans players in front of them trying to get to Derek Carr. <laughs> How does that happen? Like they, all <laughs> like to know. they all got spun around like a big sand. Everybody's, everybody's yeah. tweeting like, if you uh, can generally, find it, the, the yeah, offensive if you can find it, you'll think it's a photo. I'm going to go look quarterback. Right? I'm going to go look for it. Yeah, you'll think it's a photo. Oh, shot, you'll find it. <laughs> Shouldn't be hard to find. Yeah, so so that that leads me, you know, it, it was a struggle to run the ball against Tennessee. It sounds like it's going to be kind of the same thing this week. It's going to be a struggle to run the ball, especially if we still don't oh, have Kamara. Um, unless they unless they try to mix in more taste. I mean, I, I don't know. There's just not. I mean, we've got honestly, we got a little bit taste, but I would push back on that a little bit because Carolina gave up 150 yards on the ground um, to Algiers and to Bijan Robinson. Now, Bijan Robinson. Is a different animal altogether. Yeah. We found that out Sunday. Um, he had he juked Frankie Luvo out of his shoes uh, yeah. for the first touchdown, and then, uh, and then he had a couple of good runs too. I think though that was still more. Uh, Carolina's knocked the past three or four years through the Matt Rule era into now. Is that basically they've never really been blown out? If you look at all those games, they, you don't really blow out Carolina. They'll stay close throughout the whole game, and then somewhere in the fourth quarter. 
depending on how long you've had the ball, the defense is probably worn down and they'll let a touchdown get in. And that's what happened Sunday with Atlanta. They were lights out all day until about four minutes left in the game. Atlanta just wore them down on the ground and got in the end zone for that final uh, score. So it put it 24, 10 instead of 17, 10, it just makes it look a little different, but the run game has some issues with it defensively for Carolina. That's something you can exploit. If you have an explosive back that can actually uh, do that. Cause our, like guys like Brian Burns, they play the run really well too. Derek Brown. They play the run very well. Uh, Louvu and the boys it's, it's not going to be an easy task, uh, but that might be the way to go as opposed to trying to throw it. Because yeah. if you let them pin their ears back and chase Derek Carr, uh, that's barbecue chicken to me. Like that's just, yeah, yeah, uh, that's a good idea. <laughs> Maybe get to him too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you talk about Derek Carr. Let's talk about Bryce Young for a minute. Uh, so yeah, everybody's been waiting to see is Bryce Young going to be who they say he is. Uh, how do you then th- knowing what you know about the Saints secondary? So Marshawn Lattimore wants to be the best corner in the league. He wants to be known to be one of the best to ever play the game. And last week, sure, he stepped up and and had a great game to put on the resume for it. Um, I think Alante Taylor and Adebo are healthy. I know yep. one of them got hurt nope. during the game. He came back in. Yeah. All right. So knowing uh, you know Saints secondary, is, you know is arguably pretty damn good and the defensive line showed up how do you think bryce young is going to fare against the saints d line in secondary um i think he'll be fine um the one thing i'm kind of glad the re- i'm kind of glad he threw those interceptions in week one because my question was i didn't see him a whole lot at alabama i knew of him like i've always known of him uh and i've known the accomplishments and things he's done and i always heard you know his size and everything else never heard um uh, Never heard uh, anyone, like his coaches or anyone, really complain about that. If anything, they would only talk about it of ass. Like, you never really heard Nick Saban complaining about him being 5'9 or 5'10 or whatever. He just constantly talk about how he's a winner. He's a pro. He's a professional. He's this, he's that. And I wanted to see, especially after the second interception, I wanted to see if he would get rattled. Like, I want to see if he would lose his composure. Uh, but he didn't. He literally just came right back out. Next play, next man up. And that's what I wanted to see. Like, he... He doesn't feel like a rookie at all. He feels like he's been here three or four years already. And apparently that's the his MO wherever he goes. When he got to Alabama, he was, you know, behind Tua and Mac Jones. Uh Jalen Hurts was the year before. So like he's all he's had to wait his turn there. But once he got it, he won, wins the Heisman at Alabama as a five nine quarterback. He was the quarterback for Matter Day, uh high school in, in California, the top high school program in the country for you know, it was a three year, four year starter, like, and he's always been this size. So uh, it just made me wonder what is it about him that makes players gravitate to him? And all the players say it's his poise. It's his, he's always collected. You're not going to get him rattled. If he makes a mistake, he rarely does it twice. He's a quick learner. He's, he, he processes so fast. He's very good at going through uh route progression. Like he will, he will get to his third, fourth read. And almost every if, if the line has given him uh, space to do so, and they did that versus the Falcons, he's going to hit his fourth, fifth read if he needs to. Like he can get that far along and come back to the first. Like he's that good. Um, if he was if he was five inches taller, we'd be comparing him to Pat Mahomes. I really, <laughs> I really do believe that in terms of like his just mental, like what he can do potential wise. But because he's that size, we haven't done that yet. I've, I've said that he has the opportunity to be a game changer in the NFL and just in football in general 
like I've said, he has the ability to become the Steph Curry of the NFL. And by that, I mean, he can take a position where it's been taboo to have a quarterback less than six feet tall, right? You want the big, tall guy, the big arm, that kind of thing. Just like an NBA used to be, you built a team from the inside out. You get your center. You can't win without a center. You need a big man, that kind of thing. Steph kind of changed the way we play basketball at all levels. Like I do a lot of high school calls and things of that sort where I go to these high school games and these kids are coming across half court and jacking threes. Like that came from Steph Curry, like watching him shoot 40 foot three pointers in the third quarter of a game against the Bucks in December or whatever, and seeing him hit it. Bryce has that same thing. If he can make this work and succeed at it, you'll start to see colleges and high schools where the kid that was playing quarterback in high school, that's five, nine or whatever. When he gets to college, they don't move him to wide receiver. He gets to play quarterback. He gets to hone his skill at quarterback at that size. He has the opportunity to change our mentality of a position completely, and he has the tools to actually do it. He has the pedigree to do it. He has the resume to do it. It's just a matter of him getting out there and actually getting the job done. And I and I and know he's got three inch soles on the bottom of his feet. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or, or probably wishes he did, but yeah. <laughs> I, think, or, or throw- I think he's the only one. His height doesn't. Buy, I don't think he's bothered by his height at all. I think it's. I mean, Breeze was only <laughs> one inch. Well, no, no, Breeze was six feet. So yeah, Breeze was six foot. He was a tiptoe, but you look at Breeze skills, yeah. every throw, he was on the top of his toes and he's looking over like, <laughs> like a kid yeah. peeking over it's the all, fence. It's all alleys and, and yeah. that's in the line. You're yeah. not necessarily throwing And knowing where line. to put the ball. I mean, yeah. you have the play, you know where to put the ball, you know where the hole is going to be. You you beat, you almost, he's, so he sounds like he's good, good pre-snap. Reads he's really well. good about that. Now, I will say this, they kind of, the, the Panthers kind of shot themselves in the foot this past week where they, their play calls were coming in really late. Uh, so by the time they got up to the hut, well, got up to the line, there was only five or six seconds left. So he didn't have time to really go through. I'm sure that's something they probably talked about and they're going to fix because uh, he is really good at recognizing stuff. He helped install the playbook. <laughs> so like he he mm-hmm. knows, like he's one of those dudes. He's almost like a coach's okay. kid. Um, but they'll need to do that. They got to get this play in fast. Frank Wright's got to get the play in faster for him to analyze what's going on in front of him. He can start doing that in week three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, wait, wait, ten days. I mean, it's Monday night. Well, how's I? I I just took a glance at the the receiving core, and I mean, who's who's technically your number one? We don't really have one. Um, and and I've talked to people about this throughout the year. You don't you don't have to have a number one wide receiver to win in the NFL. You're more likely to win if you have a number one. Um, we don't necessarily. I guess it would probably be Thielen. Um. But he looked pretty pedestrian on uh, on Sunday. Hayden Hurst, I think, was his, his most favorite target, the, the tight end that we brought in. So, And I thought that would be because in Frank Wright's offenses, he tends to lean on the tight ends. We kept five of them on the 53. So um, I would say between Hurst, maybe Thielen, uh, Mingo is the second-round rookie we drafted out of Ole Miss. We thought there may be a connection there. Uh, I think they connected together once or twice on Sunday. Uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., who came from that that 2019 monster LSU team, yeah. uh, he's on the squad. We're hoping he's going to make a big leap this year. They got a lot of young guys. Uh, hopefully, one of those guys steps up to be the one. But do we actually have one right now? No, we we do not have a number one wide receiver that I feel comfortable calling number one. Now, one could grow into one, but that's not going to be between now and Sunday or Monday. Well, Desmond, do you worry about like you talked about him in high school and college, like? He never he's never had to elevate a team before. He's always been part of an all-star team. He was part of the best high school program in the country. He was better part of the best college team that's ever been put together. He he is not part of the best NFL team, like roster-wise. Like you're talking about the receivers. Um, I don't know if they have a number one or a number two. And, and the, the people that you were talking about, most of us would want us them to be our number three, right? 
So I mean, he's he's never had to be the person that elevated the rest of the roster. Do you worry about that transition for him from, again, being part of great programs and, yes, being a winner to, to now, like, having to be the guy? No, I'm not worried about that at all because he has success at all those levels. Like, I mean, you can you – can, that's like saying you can just – put a guy at quarterback if he's got a bunch of stuff around him he's going to succeed that's not what jay that's not what bryce young is at all if anything i'd say he accentuated the talent level of the people around him because he was at quarterback like he was able to know you know this guy's this this guy's that i can put him in this position that position he just plays it a certain way you can if you watch him for a full game you can see why he was the number one overall pick and why the panthers went up to go get him as opposed to just sitting back and waiting for like anthony richardson or or whoever he he is clearly the best quarterback out of his class that came out um and the person to put in like i said he he won a heisman at alabama where i mean yeah there's you're loaded with four-star five-star kids all around but if you can prove you're the best of those four five kids like four five-star kids that are there by doing something like winning the heisman at, at five foot nine maybe a buck 80 or whatever in the sec that's the kid that carved up georgia in the 2021 sec championship like he to say that maybe he's a product of the talent around him, I don't think that's very fair to Bryce. Like, I feel like Bryce is actually making the talent around him better for what he does on the field and his preparation. He's almost like a Luke Keekley in terms of how he studies film and, like, sees little things going on, which is why it was weird. He threw the same interception twice to, to Jesse Bates. Like, Bates just kind of played robber and was just lurking. Yeah. He knew exactly where to go when he let that ball go. So he was almost like he had read him. I bet that doesn't happen again with it being Bryce Young. All right. So I think we got time about one more question, James, since uh, each of us have asked a something, at least one or two questions. I'm going to let you get the final question yeah, yeah. before we start wrapping up. No problem. So so obviously we've talked about uh, the, the, the Panthers a lot so far. Just um, what are your thoughts from the outside on the Saints this year? And have you had a chance to look at any of the any of the game from this weekend? You know, what are you worried about? You know, what, what are your thoughts and general feelings on what the Saints, uh, uh, what kind of questions they're going to pose you on uh, on Monday night? Uh, the past couple of years for me, the Saints has been about, well, who's available? Like, who's playing? Like, because that that can tell me exactly what's going on. Is Alvin Kamara playing? <laughs> is uh, No, he's not. Michael, Michael <laughs> Thomas playing? Like, you know, like it's kind yes. of one of those things. Like where <laughs> if you kind of know who's playing and who's not playing, then it gives you a better idea. We swept the Saints last year, and and we were yep. trying to lose. <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know if I feel like, you know, all hands on deck. Now, if they lose this game, they go 0-2, especially 0-2 in the division to start off the season. Then we'll start throwing some panic buttons. and be like, hey, whoa, whoa, we need to figure this out. I, I just feel really good about this game Monday. It's at home. It's at Bank of America Stadium. It's on national TV. Bryce tends to thrive in big game moments. If you look over his career, uh, SEC championship, big games in the SEC, high school, whatever it is, he tends to to you know elevate his game depending on the game itself. Um, like I said, that Georgia SEC champ, uh, uh, SEC championship game in the Georgia Dome in 2021 he carved that Georgia defense up like 400 something yards, like four touchdowns. Half those kids play for the Eagles, <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, yeah. like, like they're all like in the pros. Like that, that was one of the greatest defenses of all time. And he toyed with them. Uh, like he, he, if he gets on, like if he gets on, he, he is something different. It's, it's like watching Steph Curry get on one of those NBA jam type. He's on fire type deals. Like if Bryce starts dealing like that, it's it's a it's a situation now they didn't give him a chance to last sunday and that might be the trick for the saints to just not let him get comfortable 
But even then, he was still five yards, seven yards, nine yards, six. Like he was just kind of, you know, a little dink and dunk type thing. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to try to open it up a little bit um, on the Saints secondary. Uh, It just depends on who's available for us. Um, And we'll kind of see but i i feel pretty i feel pretty good with them playing against any nfc south team this year like i feel like everyone's kind of on the same playing field it's the first time there's been four different starting quarterbacks in the nfc yep. South, and like I, I don't even remember what the the thing was it's been like years <laughs> since it was like all four teams so all of us have unknowns it could really di- generally be any of us of course my guys we picked the panthers to to win the division but we did it with like 10 and 7 record or something like that so it's really up to you know what I mean. Like it could be anybody. Yeah. <laughs> These first yeah, couple no. weeks will be key yeah. though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, uh, are you going to the game? No, actually, I uh, I uh, I own Tobacco Road Sports Radio up here in North Carolina. We do a lot of live sports, a lot of high school uh, type stuff, and with high school football going on, I have uh, individual deals with some of the bigger schools up here in the triad, and we do coaches shows during the week at night. At ah. different- restaurants and stuff Monday's so I not a, a good day yeah, yeah i have a, I have a coach's show that night i did find out the host of that show got tickets and he's gonna be leaving so, I, <laughs> <laughs> so thanks a lot i want to sub for him but, but i gotta be there i gotta be there producing everything yeah. but um I'll, i'm gonna try to make my way down as we get later on into the season uh and get in the press box and kind of watch it from there so nice yeah all, so right. We'll see what all right let's do some uh score predictions and then we'll close it out uh we'll start uh james we'll go with you first Okay, so the first experience of a 1 a.m. start for me this season on Monday night. Um, I'm going to go, Saints are going to win 27-17. All right. Shut the the crowd down early. Nice. (laughs) Please. Yeah. Jason. Uh Yeah, no, I, I, after, after talking with Desmond now, I'm, I'm really worried now, especially after I, I remember what happened. Got in your head, year. man. We, we went out there in week <laughs> two and, and, and that defense just wrecked us. So I'm worried about the offensive line. I, I think it's, I think it's a three point game either way. Kind of the same thing as I said with the Tennessee game. I think it's going to be another tough and the turnover again. We had the turnovers this week against Tennessee. That was the difference. So hopefully they continue the turnover and it's the turnover battle that wins and they win by three. I mean, but I'm going low score and I'm thinking like 17, 14. Like, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored at all. Yeah. I was kind of going that route too. Um, I was going to say like 20, 2017 Carolina. Um, huh. I had 2017 saints. So. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels <laughs> like one field goal. <laughs> now, now I will say it could snowball into one of those games where, like the Carolina Atlanta game where the box score is very deceiving. Like it could be 2017, but one of these teams might have a huge advantage in something over the other that doesn't really show up until you look at the box score. And, and I fully expect the, the referees to affect the outcome of this game as well. Oh yeah. I'm sure. I mean, it's national TV. It's going to yeah. be on ESPN and it'll be a close game. No, well then that's the thing. They're going to keep it close. This game is coming down to the fourth quarter, whether we like it or not. Yeah, I mean, and there's okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with 24 to nine. Um, I don't agree with any of this. It's 24 to nine. The Saints will still not give up a touchdown. They didn't give up a touchdown to Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins. They're not giving one up to the Panthers. Um, hmm. So we got 20 24 nine. I don't know how we're gonna score 24 because um, our our offense, but um, okay. we're, I, I, we're not giving up. Can you say Kamara's yep. not playing Sunday? Okay. Can you say he's, he's not? Two more uh, games. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Man, we but, got Jamal Williams. We got. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally the only running back we have. Right now. Oh, uh, I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, it, with twenty-four, I think there's Tony probably going to be a, 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 
defensive touchdown in there. Eight field goals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I would say, like, I do expect Lattimore to have at least one pick in this game. And uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, rookies throw to the other team. Well, not. I've prepared myself for that. Like, uh, yeah. I tell myself, well, hey, Peyton Manning threw like 28 interceptions or whatever his rookie yeah. year. Like, it, it's not the end of the world. Like, he's going to throw. It, yeah. But it depends on the kind of quarterback you have. Can he adjust and learn from it? Right. Or Saints, just, or our defense. It. Right. Our identity now is our defense. and But we do have a competent offense this year as opposed to last year. Like you said, you swept us last year. Of course, we had Andy Dalton. Now he's your problem. So <laughs> he's much better as a backup quarterback than as your yeah, quarterback. that was the plan. And then he and James got hurt in week two or so. Yeah. We love Andy. So, yeah, the backup yeah. quarterback's the most popular guy on the team. So yeah. <laughs> So, all right. Well, yeah, thanks. for. I will say thanks for joining us. Obviously, we'll invite you on for the next time uh, for our second game later on in the year. Uh, we actually do have a lot more in common than not. Uh, we do have common enemy in the Falcons. We both have no love for Eli Apple. Oh, yeah. And we both worship uh, and owe our team's former successes to Saints players. Uh, you've you know, Jake DeLome, <laughs> Sam Mills, obviously. So, yeah, we're yeah, all Saints all right, fans. Yeah, I'll give you. It probably is the Saints that we don't Shy like. Shy Tuttle, you know. Way <laughs> yeah. to go, Jeff. I don't know. You sure like oh, to Jeff. take all of our uh, sloppy seconds. <laughs> I think you just gave them to us. Like, you literally <laughs> kind of ushered them out the yeah. door. Like, we'll take them and yeah, just... Jay, I didn't know. I never did agree with the Jake DeLome. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. we didn't even know what we had. And it's then he takes y'all to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, we, we had no idea what Jake DeLome was until he came in that second half. Uh, that week one game. Apparently, neither did Jim Hazlitt. So. Well, that's just because y'all couldn't understand anything he was saying. <laughs> he, was, he was trying to tell y'all, but nobody, nobody had a translator there. <laughs> that's true. All right, Desmond, before we go, why don't you tell our listeners where they can uh, hound you and stalk you and send you mean tweets? Oh, great. Um, <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Des underscore 3505. That's D-E-Z underscore 3505. Uh, you can follow my company, Tobacco Road Sports Radio, at Tobacco Radio. Um, we we replay a lot of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network episodes there throughout the week in regular rotation. Um, and then, of course, you can find me, uh, Sports Illustrated beat writer, uh, Skylar Callahan, and Panthers all-time lead and rusher, Jonathan Stewart, every Tuesday morning for Believe in Panthers on uh, YouTube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Yeah, why don't you do something with your life? I know, right? <laughs> Literally. I'm <laughs> something <to> you. <laughs> yeah. All right, good. Good way to keep busy. All right, well, that's all the show we have for you right now. We're going to thank our loyal listeners for downloading each week, telling all of your friends about the Dome Patrol podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dome Patrol Podcast. Follow us on X at Dome Patrol PCAST, also at Dome Patrol UK. And don't forget, oh, we're in the season now. So if you want to participate in game day chat, DM us on Twitter to on x to get an invitation to the dome patrol discord server and don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app give each episode a five-star rating comment and set up auto download so that you can listen to the dome patrol podcast anytime anywhere say bye-bye donkeys bye-bye keep pounding donkeys
The Dome Patrol Podcast is the official Saints podcast of the Fans First Sports Network.